0: Welcome to the Voyage LA podcast, where we interview the brightest and most inspiring entrepreneurs, artists, and creatives from in and around the LA area. Our host Madison is hosting a panel with a few of our content partners and content partners help voyage in so many ways from sponsoring our mission, spreading the word about the work that we do and collaborating with us on content like this. And so with no further ado, here's Madison.
1: everyone. My name is Madison. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of our Voyage podcast. Talking about fashion entrepreneurship in LA, I've heard that LA is really just sort of a hotspot for all of these interesting industries from film and television to music to fashion and all the things. It seems like there's just so much opportunity out there and Uh, Being as someone who does not live there, I'm excited to interview the three of you and learn a little bit more about your experience working in LA and just can't wait to get started. So let's dive in with some introductions. Um, My name is Corinne Brothers. I'm the creative director and owner
2: of Rural Design and Development, uh, Rural DD. We're based in downtown LA and we are a full service apparel studio offering design development and production services for uh, various brands and designers.
0: And um, I'm Jane Fernando, owner of Stupid Kitsch, um, stupidkitsch.com. It's an online shop um, that I've curated to carry brands that are all either um, women-owned, BIPOC-owned, or LGBTQ-owned, or a combination of that. And um, I'm based out of Pomona, California.
3: And I'm Saveja Vida. I am the owner, designer, creative director of Worthy Op. Uh, we are from Bay, the Bay Area, but currently operating in Los Angeles. We do unisex streetwear, handmade streetwear, all about the idea of owning a worth to overcome anything. Amazing. Well,
1: I'm feeling inspired just from the intros already. Like Sounds like I've got three really badass, talented people here with me today. So um, I, I'd love to start just by talking a little bit about the unique advantages that LA offers in terms of the fashion scene, I know it's it's really regarded as a hub for fashion and creativity. What advantages does la offer for fashion entrepreneurs, and how has the fashion scene evolved over the last couple of years?
2: Um, I'll start. Um, personally, l a is just an incredible hub for apparel production and manufacturing. Um, so I think as a you know emerging designer or somebody looking to get their product to market, there's no better place than than Los Angeles to, you know, start working on a design, start testing that. And then whether it's a small batch production or a larger batch production, having exposure to manufacturing and being able to see firsthand where it's done, how it's done. And, you know, importantly, who's doing it um, to help support those designs and dreams is is, is really important. So um yeah, I, I find that firsthand exposure so crucial to the design scene and the fashion
0: scene and just you know supportive of what's possible here in LA. Um for me with my business, um, you know, approaching it as a retailer, one of the things that I love about Los Angeles is um the diversity, um, not just of different people, but also of different subcultures, different um fashion um styles or um lifestyle interests. And um, I think that really influences, um, you know, me and the selection that I've curated for my shop.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I came from the Bay to Santa Barbara for school, then to Los Angeles because I knew Los Angeles was such that fashion hub. I mean, we have the fashion district. It's just amazing just to walk through, get the firsthand feel of fabrics, talk to the people, get inspiration. So for me, um, that's what really drew me back in here is going back to the fashion district and seeing what I can make from there too. That hands-on experience here is nothing like anywhere else. i want to live somewhere else, but like I always think, do they have a fashion district? I don't think so. So it's, uh, it's really fortunate that we have something like that here for young designers, um, established designers, anybody, honestly, to get their hands in the business. You know, I've actually
1: been there twice before and walked through there and it was really one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. Like Dallas just does not have anything like that. Like it, it does not compare. Um, that that's so fun. Um, but I, I imagine that as I know, as a small business owner myself, starting any small business is challenging, but I imagine it's exceptionally challenging in this particular industry. What key skills or attributes do you believe are essential for aspiring fashion entrepreneurs? And how can you each navigate such a competitive industry? I mean, I think what's great about
2: fashion, I, there's a spirit of competition that gets kind of thrust upon uh, the industry and the image of the industry but it's really in my experience about collaboration and i, I think that's what's exciting about the city and and the market that we have access to um is really being able to hopefully work with different individuals and hear different perspectives and um you know kind of fuse those different creative outlets so i i come at it from more of a collaborative um kind of opportunity and that this has been my, uh, maybe lucky or idealistic, but um, kind of hopeful projection for what I want to see in fashion and, and what my experience has been to date.
0: Yeah, I think um, playing off of what you've said, Corinne, um, you know, go starting a business, you may not have like all the different skills that you'll need. Um, you know, you'll have the strengths that you have and then <clears throat> um, weaknesses in the other areas. So I think it's really important to, figure out what your strengths are and leverage those and you know use those to your best ability and then also building those partnerships um you know making connections and leaning on people who have um you know i guess more experience or more expertise in areas where you might not have all those strengths
3: yeah 100% i agree for both i mean i competition is is natural with anything right but i think with this and this industry, finding something that makes you stand out is also something I try to like mull over when I first started my brand. Like what's the difference between my streetwear brand and anything else. And, um, along with finding your strengths, right. And who you can collab with, but just knowing finding your niche, right. Like what's your, what would be your ideal audience and somebody that you would want to sell to is something to kind of find out early on. And that could help you find your way throughout this industry. That's kind of how I, was able to stand out in my own way or find my own aesthetics with that as well too. But I think it's very important early on to find that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. So I've heard that the fashion industry is extremely fast paced. And I imagine as you know, with a lot of things happening right now, trends are coming and going and then things kind of come back around, you know, a couple decades later, how do successful fashion entrepreneurs stay ahead of the curve and adapt to evolving consumer preferences while staying true to your own unique brand and vision?
0: I could, <laughs> I could get the ball rolling on this one. Um, uh, for me, um, my brand is sort of rooted in, I guess, retro-inspired fashion to begin with. So, um, not just from a perspective of like being unique, standing out and, um, you know, creating your own style, but also like in terms of um, having like a a degree of sustainability to it. When you invest in pieces that are timeless or that are retro, it's already kind of not in style in a way. <laughs> so it, you know, it never becomes not out of style, if that makes sense. <laughs>
2: um. Yeah, I love that. And I actually, we in my kind of business, we really tend to shy away from that fast-paced motion. We really focus on process when it comes to both design, development, and production. And we really kind of celebrate slow fashion in a way. So whether that's looking backwards and um, like you were saying, Jane, finding those retro pieces that are, you know, well-made and long-lasting um, or taking those aesthetics and applying it onto future pieces. How can we learn from the way things were done previously and then, you know, absorb that and, 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 and use it moving forward? Um, I, I think it's so easy to get swept up in what's next or what's new and to try to stay ahead, you know, quote unquote. But, um, you know, kind of like, um, you were saying, so you know, you have to be true to yourself and be true to your audience and, Really keep that conversation moving, um, so it's easy to get sucked in. But if you're kind of following, you know, those pathways, um, you're almost creating something kind of different.
3: Yeah, I find it kind of like a battle too, like a tug of war of like staying true to yourself and trying to adapt to what's new and, and all the new trends and all that. So it's honestly kind of a tug of war with me because I. I'm all about just one of one timeless pieces. I'm um, creating different silhouettes with different materials that you've never seen before. My main inspiration is making something you've never seen. So with that, that's also kind of hard because I'm I, I feel like I'm staying more true to myself than trying to adapt to what consumers are are wanting, but it's a balance, right? You got to hear what they're saying and then try to convert to what you're doing. But, um, it's definitely a a process. I think it's an ongoing process, no matter how, if you're a young entrepreneur, or if you've been in the game for a long time, it's something that always got to keep in balance in a sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, everything you all said, I resonate with very deeply. So that's really interesting. Um, In talking about collaborations and partnerships, how do each of you see strategic collaborations with other brands or things like influencers or artists contribute to the growth and success as fashion entrepreneurs in Los Angeles specifically?
3: Yeah, so it's I think it's very vital now. Um, We live in an age where people are looking or following certain influencers and are you know, following them and what they're, what they're doing. Right. And want to know what they're about and what they're wearing. So um, partnerships, collaborations are very vital, I think, for um, your reputation and building that, you know, you can't just be in your own kind of circle. You kind of have to expand out. Um, Also I like to point out like networking across, like networking within your bracket or within your group is also very key. I mean um, just it's all about building your reputation and making sure other people and different audiences can know what you're about. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, it's if anything, the most imp- one of the most important things you need for your brand.
0: <laughs> and, um, for me kind of circling back to what I mentioned before, um, about not always having all the time or all the skills to do everything well. <laughs> so, um, you know, leveraging content creation from influencers is really helpful for me because, um, you know, I'm not wonderful at TikTok. I'm not like my mind just doesn't work <laughs> well with that. Um, so, you know, leveraging the talents of people who um, specialize in that and people who are excellent content creators and excellent at connecting with their followers um, has really been very beneficial um, just to, you know, grow my own audience, especially as like a newer business Um and then also just, uh, you know, building connections with different vendors or different brands um, and sort of laying that groundwork for the future of, you know, possibly doing collaborations or doing exclusive designs with on um, these people, uh, you know, these different brands and artists. Um, you know, I think it's really important to always keep positive relationships and to just um, get to know um, these brands beyond just what they create.
2: Yeah, um, from my perspective, in our in our position with the services that we offer, we even sometimes act as that conduit because we're working with so many different designers or brands. It's like, okay, we see what you're doing over here. We think you'd be really interested in speaking with another client, or we have somebody who has developed, you know, an inclusive size range and collection, and another brand wants to put something out with them using that information um, so that they don't have to take the time to maybe develop that themselves, but can, um, you know, collaborate with the brand that did so and offer their pieces in an extended size range. Um, We've also seen with our community from like the design development production perspective, um, crowdsourcing can be really um, helpful for designers just getting started who maybe can't meet certain minimums. So whether that's um, you know, kind of pulling together to um, get a certain material that's really desirable, but has a low or sorry, has a high MOQ. Um, I, I think collaborating, um, both on the kind of marketing and exposure, like outward facing side, but also internally, whether it comes to sourcing or development, um, I've seen that be really successful. Um, you know, with with brands and designers who are looking to try something new, or like Jane's mentioned, um, kind of bolster themselves in areas where they might be um, less experienced
1: or you know um, not as strong. So interesting. I I'm like taking notes down here of all these all the tidbits of wisdom you each are sharing. Um, I'm so intrigued by like, your careers in this. I think it's so fascinating. Um, I'd love to chat with each of you a little bit about sustainability and ethical fashion practices. I actually just recorded an episode yesterday talking about sustainability more so in the like household sense, like things we can be tangibly doing to be more sustainable and eco-friendly at home. But how does that translate into fashion? How can fashion entrepreneurs in LA integrate sustainability into their business models? And how as we can a society just contribute to being more responsible and conscious of the environment as a whole? One of the things we look
2: for when we work with a client is what's their stance on sustainability? Um, because I think that's a thing that's going to be different to everybody as a designer, as a consumer, um, as a human, and I think that word just gets so washed out uh, in today's, you know, modern times. Um, the first thing we look for is, is what about that area excites you. Um, personally, for me, um, you mentioned ethical labor. Um, knowing how something is made, and where it's made, and who made it is so important. I mean, back to the at like L.A. fashion district. Um, having access to that and knowing what a supply chain is like, um, whether it is on a production line or um, back to materials sourcing, um, definitely affects again tracking um, transparency through um, ethical labor, but also with sourcing um, materials. And so, you know, knowing what something's made out of, you know, whether it's fiber content um, or the location where it's been made. Um, just getting really clear on that traceability and transparency and trackability. Um, I think if you look at it as a whole, it can be really overwhelming. So that's why we always start with clients in terms of what do you want to focus on? Are we going to really narrow down um, a certain type of fabric or fiber? Um, or maybe we're just focusing on things that are made in the greater LA area. So that could be just fabrics that are milled or dye houses or, you know, garments that are cut and sewn. So kind of, honing in on one aspect and getting really comfortable with that and digging it you know like as deep as you can and then once you have a good grasp on that moving forward with something else i personally think is the best way to go because otherwise it just becomes like a big you know pile of confusion and you're just spinning in circles right so um i'd be interested to hear what both of you have to say relative to the retail side but then as a designer, um, what your focuses
0: are? Um, cause like I said, I'm just on like the production kind of end of things. Um, for me, um, as a retailer and as like the sole person, <laughs> um, I get to curate and basically choose every item, every brand that I carry. And, um, you know, because I am that decision maker, I try to find brands that, um, you know, fit within those values Um, you know, obviously not every item or every piece is going to be necessarily sustainable. Um, But I think, you know, if I do find myself gravitating towards brands that um, do look for more eco-friendly materials um, or, you know, uh, look at the way that they package and ship their items um, to reduce waste and things like that. So, um, you know, as a retailer, again, I do try to lean more towards, um, brands that are more eco-conscious. Um, and then again, you know, just in terms of, um, choosing the style, um, there is some sort of like everything that I carry is really like quirky and eccentric, but there is like, um, a sense of like slow fashion to it just because, uh, most of the pieces that you find in my shop are items that, you know, you're, they'll, they'll be in your closet for quite some time.
3: Yeah. And as a designer, I feel like sustainability is something you um, need to think about when you're getting the fabric and then after when you're done with it. So, of course, like sourcing and figuring out where it came from is key, Um, but also at the end, like the waste and recycling uh, uh, problem with that. So for me, I like to use all of my scraps. I like to use as much fabric as I can. And then with any other fabrics, um, I do look up other like local recycling areas near me, um, Goodwill, Salvation Army, certain uh, stores like that take scraps and they can kind of convert something else too. But I think the waste is really important because I'm firsthandly know what waste I'm producing and what I can do from that. If I can make something from that, or recycle it Um, but that is something that I'm always thinking about when I'm creating something and also with the fabric too like if I'm getting the fabric the wash and care how to handle it longevity is it going to last for a while Um, that's always in the forefront of my mind and I think it's very vital for any designer starting out and being very hands-on with the process knowing exactly what you're getting the lifetime of it and how to waste and recycle any of it too
1: Yeah, super interesting from each of you. Um, I know this question wasn't on my list. I'm just curious, what does the rest of 2023 look like for each of you and your companies? What can we expect? Any exciting projects, big events? Tell me more.
0: Um, So for me, um, the name of the game, it has been really just trying to grow my audience. So I'm trying to line up some collaborations Um, with different influencers and um, also trying to do collaboration for like an exclusive item, although it's kind of taking longer than I expected on my end. (laughs) Nothing to do with the amazing artist. Um, But uh, yeah, those are some of the things that I look I'm looking forward to, as well as doing some um, local pop ups throughout the year.
2: So we're celebrating uh, five years this fall, which is really exciting um, for me from kind of how I started and how the team has grown, um, bringing them into those celebrations. Um, uh, we're attending our first series of trade shows as a, as a vendor, um, which is exciting. Um, and uh, kind of in conjunction with this five year anniversary, um, something we've been working on for the last several months uh, is an annual um, transparency report relative to our um, practices uh, for labor and for our sourcing. Um, It's something we've been talking about internally as a team for a while. Um, And so this is our first go at publishing um, kind of what those practices are and making that information available um, on our website and then a deeper diversion for our clients. Um, We hope that this lends more value to our practices but then also to our clients' um, brand and practices as well since we are the ones, um, you know, sourcing and producing on their behalf. Um, it is our first to kind of go at it, but it's something we're all really kind of proud of to put out into the world and then continue to evolve and grow, um, you know, different investigations and metrics um, that, you know, explain and explore our practices so that we can learn and improve, um, you know, hopefully over the next five years.
3: And for me, I just um, been really grateful for this year so far. Um, I got done with uh, New York Fashion Week and LA Fashion Week earlier this year and returning back to New York in September and London officially in September as well. So um, I think now this period of my life of a designer is just getting more out there, right? On a more bigger audience, international audience and having this experience with fashion week. And as a small designer, I could tell you guys it's not as far away as I thought it would be. I thought Fashion Week was like for the bigger brands and it's so hard to get in, but it's actually pretty attainable. So that's been really motivating and um, just networking across that way internationally. um, Also getting into some retailers here too, but feels like I'm kind of like on tour with my brand. So I wanna continue that the rest of the year.
1: That's amazing. Everything each of you shared, I'm so excited to see how that all unfolds for the rest of this year. I'm so honored I got to speak with all of you today and can't wait to continue to connect and uh, see what this year has in store as you continue to grow and expand.
3: Thank you so much for this.
1: Cheers. Thank you. Yes. Thanks everyone.